Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Now, today we're following on from last week as part of a short sermon series on worship. Luckily enough, they called me to give you a hand as the worship pastor. Now, last week we worked out that the purpose of worship is to honour God because he is worthy, right? His love, his power, his patience, everything about him makes him worth it. Now, here's what I want you to do to see if you picked that up from last week. Every time I say, why do we worship? I want you guys to respond with, because God is worthy. Got it? Should we try it? Why do we worship? Because God is worthy. It's all right, but I don't quite believe you. Say it like you believe it. Why do we worship? Because God is worthy. Why do we worship? Because God is worthy. Why do we worship? Because God is worthy. Yes, excellent. Now keep your eyes and ears out because that's going to be coming up and I want it thick and fast as soon as we say it, okay? Now that is the purpose of our worship. And this week we're going to be looking at the practice of worship. And it's something you do need to practice. So today, we're going to take a trip to the worship gym. We're going to go for a worship workout. Because remind me, why do we worship? Because God is worthy. Yes. Now, today's service is going to look a little bit different to what you're necessarily used to. As usual, we're still going to sing together. We're going to pray together. We're going to read the Bible. And we're going to celebrate communion together. But instead of having a longer sermon in the middle of it, each step of the way, John and I are going to explain what we do and why we do it. We'll spend a little bit longer in each moment considering its meaning. Okay, so our worship in Emmanuel, if you know it well, is built on thousands of years of Christian tradition. It is also constantly being reimagined by those who lead it. And so our worship, although it's varied, it also follows a pattern. And I hope that from today, whether you're super familiar with what happens in here, or whether, frankly, it's completely new to you, as a result of what we do today, you will have a new understanding of what each of the elements that we actually do in church mean, and what they're intended to do. Each time we gather, we often start by saying some words of welcome, responses. That means I say something, you say something. And the purpose of these words is not just a buffer for those who are a little bit sort of, you know, <laughs> late waking up. Uh, it's, it's for us all to say, I, I want to be part of this. I want to join in. It also gives us an opportunity to focus our hearts and minds. Because it's not a small thing. We're coming into the presence of God. We're setting aside everything that we've been thinking about this week. And we're coming to meet with him. So today we're going to use the words of Psalm 100. Please do respond using the words yellow or bold on the screen. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. 
We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amazing. And they were amazing words. Now, we're going to sing together. So if I can get the band up here and the gospel choir up here, that would be wonderful. So guys, our psalm last week was Psalm 66, which we began with the words, Sing to the Lord a new song. There was a rich history of church music spanning hundreds of years for us to choose from and for us to choose what we sing today. But there's also new music being written all the time and even from within our own church community. And this can give us fresh ways of expressing truths that we've known for ages so they can come alive again as we sing them. So that's what we're going to do. Andy and the choir are going to teach us a new song called Glory to God Forever. Watch this space. Watch this, how the lyrics first praise God for who he is before it articulates how we should respond. More on that later. Thanks so much. Do take a seat. And uh, thank you, band, for leading us so wonderfully. Now, uh, later on, we divide up into groups in our service, the older children, the rock, be together. But for this first part of our service, we are all together, and it's a hugely important and powerful moment for us each week, because it makes us, it affects how we see church. When we worship together, we're making a statement to one another, this is who we are, and church is All of us, the young and the old, and every single other descriptor that we might think of, it's all of us. We're all part of the church, we're all part of Christ's body, and we value one another. So this is a great moment for me to say, particularly to the kids and the young people in the building right now, we really value you. We really value you. And there's various heads here nodding, which means they agree with me. You matter a great deal to us. And it's wonderful to be together with you in the church. Sometimes we have some all-age teaching in this slot, and I say all-age rather than kids' teaching. So this is not the moment when everyone else switches off. Uh, This is where everyone gathers together so we all learn together. Sometimes we do some other things uh, that are equally interactive, and we've got one of those today, uh, a baptism. Uh, We're going to be baptizing Oscar, and I'm going to invite Jess and Jonathan up in just a moment. Uh, to bring Oscar up. Uh, But as they come up, um, let me just say a few things about baptism. Baptism is one of our rituals as Christians. For 2,000 years, uh, wherever there have been Christians, people have got baptized. Now, why do we baptize? We baptize because Jesus commanded us. He said, go and be baptized. But also, this ritual has great power for us. Now, rituals, traditions, they're, they're not massively in these days. Um, people worry that they become empty, that it's just going through the motions. And of course, for us, that's true. We, we could just go through the motions. But they don't have to become like that. They can be deeply meaningful for us. And I guess it depends how we approach it. Every baptism teaches us. It's, it's the most amazing visual aid. And it teaches us the same basic, absolutely fundamental truths every time we do it. It's like the Lord's Supper that we're going to be sharing later. Amazing visual aid. 
I'm going to be pouring water on uh, Oscar's head today. That's a sign of the forgiveness that Jesus offers, which cleanses us from our sin when we have faith in him. And every time we baptize someone, it's a good moment for you to remember your own baptism and what it is that the Lord has done for you. But the other great strength of our rituals is that it makes us humble. It reminds us that we are part of the great sweep of all nations and ages. Baptism is not something that we made up yesterday. Oscar is not the first, and he won't be the last person to get baptized. He needs baptism in the, in the way that just every single one of us does, and every Christian has up till now, because every one of us needs the same forgiving grace of God. Let me just say one more thing about baptism. We do baptism in front of the whole church, rather than just kind of doing it on our own later on, because you don't get baptized into Jesus alone. There is no such thing as the Christian life, me and Jesus. You get baptized into the community of faith. That's why we have the same baptism for everyone. When you get baptized, you're another person who's been baptized, just like everyone else. And that's why your contributions here as the church family are so important. If Oscar's going to grow up in faith, he's going to need a church family to strengthen him, encourage him, love him, and point him the way to Christ. And I'm going to be asking you whether you're going to welcome him and uphold him in his new life in Christ. And you will say, yes, with God's help. And I want to encourage you to grab hold of that commitment and pray that you might live up to it as I pray for myself. And as you do so, perhaps one more thing. As we have this baptism, I guess there's a number of godparents around here, a number of parents. Perhaps you might want to listen to those commitments that are made publicly on this occasion and remind yourself of the same commitments that you have made. Brilliant. How wonderful to be able to do that as part of our gathered worship. Isn't it wonderful? Okay, we're going to sing another song together now. Um, And we choose the songs that we sing with great care. Especially in this first part of the service when we're all together, we like to sing hymns and songs from a variety of styles and from a variety of times in the church's history. That's because we want our children and our young people to grow up with a rich diet of Christian worship, putting words and songs deep in their hearts that they can call on later in life. Songs like Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Those are amazing words. Words that can speak hope into any situation as we go through life. Wow, wasn't that wonderful? I I was so amazing. I loved all those signs. So we celebrate all being together. And as part of that, we also celebrate our diversity in every possible way. That includes a diversity of ways that we engage with teaching and worship, which we seek to facilitate by offering bespoke groups for our children, youth, and be together community of adults. I am incredibly thankful for the amazing teams that enable all these to happen. All this is because we really care about Sunday gatherings being truly and genuinely accessible to all. As otherwise, large portions of our church family wouldn't be able to access worship at all. So we long to see every adult, child, and young person worshipping our worthy God with all of their heart. Oh yes, why do we worship? 
Because God is worthy. Ah, great, great work, Andy. So, amazing. So, I'm going to pray for our children and young people and be together group in a moment. Just to say the children is from age three to year five. The uh, youth is from year six to 13. And the be together group is for our community of adults. So, anyone is welcome to join it if you're here for the first time. Also, just a little clarification. At the end, because of a mix-up with the bookings, could everyone... All adults collect children and young people, even if you don't usually, from the side entrance on the road, on Rockhampton Road. So for all the children and all the youth, come round there and collect them from either upstairs or the downstairs rooms, if that's okay, at the end. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to pray for them all now, and then we're going to go to our groups. Dear God, we thank you so much for every single child, young person, and Be Together community here. We pray you would show them all your amazing love. We pray you would make them feel so included, so loved, so cared for. We pray you would teach them so much about all you mean, all that you want to show them, and your amazing love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So please join us if you're in any of those groups. Come through the doors here or through the doors there, and we'll take you across the road. Great. Amazing. So as the kids and the young people in the Be Together group are going out, perhaps you'd like to turn to each other and greet one another. Of course, if you don't feel comfortable with that, then don't worry about it. Maybe you could ask each other, what is your favorite part of our worship service? And why do you find that part so valuable? Give it a go. Yes, Lord God, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And we so gladly give you our all today, Lord Jesus. Amen. Please do take a seat. Thank you, band. Thank you, Richard. It's great to have the band and the organ play together, isn't it? It's really nice. Can I let you into something mind-blowing? Well, it blew my mind when I discovered it. Get this. Every time we worship together, our worship service is built around the story of the gospel. A good worship service rehearses the gospel rather than assumes it. God creates, humankind sins, Christ redeems, the church is sent. Creation, fall, redemption, commission. So let's take stock of where we've got so far and I'll explain what I mean. We spoke the amazing words of Psalm 100 together as a call to worship. Why do we worship? Oh, you lost me because why do we worship? Yes, we prepared ourselves and acknowledged God's presence with us. This call to worship even picked up the themes of creation. Psalm 100 itself uses the words, it is he who made us and we are his. Now, when you truly acknowledge God, it catapults you into praise. So then we went on to sing songs of adoration and praise, especially in that first song that we sang, Glory to God Forever, for no other reason than why do we worship? See, you're getting it. Now that part was the call. It was creation. Then we just sang the amazing hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And you might notice that we always have at least one song or hymn that really talks about the cross, about Jesus' death and resurrection, because it literally is the crux of our faith, the thing that we remember and celebrate more than anything. 
But you can't witness the sacrifice of Jesus Christ without being faced with your own sin. So now at this point, we see the awesome love and power of God. We're also faced with how far we've fallen short. We realize that we haven't lived up to what God has so graciously created us to be. So we come to a time of confession. Now, we have confession in our service, not because this is the only time to deal with our our sin or the guilt of the last seven days, if you like a terrible caricature. No, not because this is a unique opportunity to call to mind all in our life that needs forgiving. Rather, we, we do confession on a Sunday because it keeps us on track as Christians. It is one of the most basic ingredients of a Christian mindset It's part of the gospel that we confess our sins, that we acknowledge our need for a savior. If we have no sins to confess, frankly, we don't need Jesus either. But confession reminds us that we do need saving. We need saving from the consequences and the power of our sin. We need freedom from the judgment of God in eternity. And we need freedom from the error of our ways right now. And in addition to that, confession comes with absolution. And this is one of the most amazing privileges of leading worship, where the service leader is enabled to say, by the grace of God, that because of God's great mercy, we are forgiven. We can give the assurance of forgiveness. So we bring our sin out into the open, not because we want to wallow in it or to feel bad all over again, but to be released from it, to be reminded that whatever we've done, Whatever our wrongdoing, God's mercy is more than that. So we're going to follow a little order of confession now. Uh, Please do join in with the words in bold or yellow on the screen. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and search our hearts with the light of Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. So let's just take a moment of quiet, perhaps to reflect on the ways in which we haven't lived up to what God expects of us, come. Let us return to the Lord and say, Lord our God, in our sin we have avoided your call. Our love for you is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Have mercy on us, deliver us from judgment, bind up our wounds and revive us. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So may Almighty God, who sent his Son into the world to save sinners, bring us his pardon and peace, now and forever. Amen. So, in the light of God's amazing forgiveness, we surely want to respond in thanksgiving. So in a moment, my friend Jeremy is going to come up here and read Psalm 66 for us. Now, this is another amazing passage with amazing words of worship that we can really enter into as we read them. 
Now, you might have noticed that we've already included quite a lot of Bible in our service, and even those parts which aren't direct quotes are soaked in Scripture. But why so much Bible? Well, because we want to worship God right. We want to worship him right for who he is, not just who we imagine him to be. And the Bible, God's words from himself to us, give us that insight. And we want to respond to God as he wants us to. And again, the Bible teaches us what the Lord looks for in us. And here's one example of that. A psalm, i.e. a hymn or a song. The Bible is full of them, and I love them. And it's a, heart, it's, a, it's a psalm of thanksgiving given from God to us, for us then to turn back to him. So I want you to grab a Bible, split it in half, open it up, split it in half, and, and you should open it to the book of Psalms. Then find the one entitled Psalm 66. Alternatively, you, you can use your phone. If you have a Bible app on there, or you can just Google Psalm 66 and it'll come straight up. However you do it, I really encourage you to have the text in front of you. So that as we read those words, you can chew over each and every one of them. As we read them, claim those words as your own and use the reading as an act of worship to God. Thanks, Jeremy. As Stuart said, uh, reading is Psalm 66, and if you're still looking for it in the Pew Bibles, it's on page 585. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us you refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you, vows my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. 
I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amazing. I love the book of Psalms. It's full of those amazing Psalms which are shouting, loud, praiseful Psalms. And then there's these other ones, like this one. Psalm 42, verse 2 says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Language of true intimacy with the Lord. And that leads us on to the next phase of our worship, which is where we pursue this yearning to meet with God. Now, because of God's forgiveness, because he has removed all the barriers between us in Christ, we can encounter him in real and tangible ways. Just like when Jacob wrestled with God and when Elijah saw the presence of God pass him by, we can experience that same kind of tangible sense of God's presence here with us. It is here in this moment that we express our deep love for him and he pours out his love on, onto us. It's a two-way conversation going on here. So we're going to couple, sing a couple of songs now, and I'd love to invite the band up as, as we do that. And I, I really encourage you, at this point, do use these songs as a framework to meet with God. As you sing, you might like to pray, I'm here, Lord, I want to meet with you. Think of it less as verses and choruses and melodies and words. It is a place that we can go to meet with God. And let me tell you that the Father never passes up the opportunity to meet with his children. There will be times of instrumental music when you might like to close your eyes and listen for the still, small voice of God, who is adding his own melody to the music as we play. So, let's stand together and make ourselves available for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we are desperate for you. We are desperate for more of you. And will you pour your Holy Spirit out into our lives? And the Lord might be doing something in you right now. He might be revealing things to you right now that he has never revealed before. And if that is the case, then I really encourage you to pray with someone later. During communion, we're going to have a time of prayer ministry where you can go to the back and pray with someone. And it's really important to do that. Oh man, oh man. Please do take a seat. And we're going to stay in this place of contemplation of worship. And we're going to turn that worship into prayer. And I'm going to invite Lucinda up here to help us with that. So now we come to our intercessions or our intercessory prayers. In 1 Timothy 2 Paul, the apostle wrote, 
I urge them, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Intercession means asking on behalf of someone, and so in our prayers we often bring to God the needs of others, whether in our own church community country or around the world. We pray in this way because we believe in the power of prayer. There is so much that we cannot grasp or understand about the exact working of prayer, but we know that God is our Father. We know that he delights to give things to his children, that he wants us to ask for things, and we believe his promise that prayer changes things. At the end of each prayer, we might say amen, meaning I agree, or some other refrain. So if you want to express your agreement with our prayers today, please do respond. I will say, thank you, Lord, that you hear us. Please join in and that you move in power. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, a body of believers here in Emmanuel and in our homes. We pray for our church, for our leadership team, our volunteers, and ourselves as a congregation. We lift before you those for who Emmanuel feels like home and for those who want to but don't feel at home at Emmanuel. Lord, help us always remember that as we meet together, we are meeting with you. Make your presence real to each one of us. When you seem far to us, draw near to us. When we are afraid, Lighten our darkness. When we are downtrodden and low, lift us up. And when our hearts are singing, use our voices for you and your glory. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you move in power. Thank you for all those who come to our activities, for the blessing that our home groups are and for our varied life groups. We thank you for our neighbours and our local community here in South Croydon and for the external agencies and services that we engage and work with as a church. We pray, that you would, uh, we pray that we would allow you to use us to share your love and the gifts you have given us freely. We ask for your wisdom, for kindness, sensitivity, discernment but also steel, resolve, and your confidence and assurance as needed. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you move in power. The past few years have delivered much changed uncertainty and unrest in quick succession. We pray for those in authority, our local council, our government, and our new king and his staff. We ask for stability, for wise voices to prevail, and we ask that you would powerfully use those looking to you in each of those settings. Our world is troubled and hurting, and its wounds, challenges and scars are painfully evident right now, both at home and as we look around the globe. Jesus, thank you that you walk with the wounded along the road of our world's suffering. We seek your grace of healing for the broken people and places of our world. God, open to us today the sea of your mercy 
and water us with full streams from the riches of your grace and springs of your kindness. Make us heirs of your peace, spark in us the fire of your love. Strengthen our weakness by your power and bind us closer to you and to each other. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you move in power. We pray for those in our church family who are struggling at this time. Particularly, we pray for the Mosley family. Surround them with your peace and may they know the healing love of Jesus. In a moment of quiet, we bring to you someone or something on our hearts this morning that we want to lay before you. We bring before you someone we know is hurting. We lift to you a troubled situation in our world today. And we bring to you anyone we find hard to forgive, trust or love. We bring ourselves to you and ask that you would work in our hearts, helping us to see as you see, love as you love and increase our trust and knowing you. Kindle in our hearts the flame of your love which never ceases, that it may burn in us and give light to others. May we shine for you forever and be set on fire with your eternal light, which puts to flight the darkness of this world in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you move in power. Amen. Thank you, Lucinda. We come now to join together in the Lord's Supper. I was saying earlier that each Sunday service is really a rehearsal of the gospel. We go through the message of the good news. And both baptism and the Lord's Supper are amazingly powerful demonstrations, visual aids of what it means that we believe. Uh, In the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine, they signify the death of the Lord Jesus by which Our forgiveness has been won and our assurance and our ability to draw near to God is made possible. So we welcome anyone who knows, loves the Lord Jesus to come and join in uh, at this Lord's Supper. So let's recap. Let's see where we've been today in our gospel rehearsal. We started at creation. We called ourselves and each other to worship. We engaged in praise and adoration for no other reason than why do we worship? Yeah, something like that anyway. (laughs) Then, as we sang about the cross of Jesus Christ, our remembrance of the fall caused us to confess our sins and seek God's forgiveness. Then, reminded of our forgiveness, being redeemed of those sins with clean hearts and open hands, we came to receive from God himself and encounter him in our worship. In the Lord's Supper too, we recalled our redemption. We remembered the gifts of his redemption through his body and blood as we acted out that freedom to approach God, as we came to God's table to sit and eat with him. And now, well now my friends, we are commissioned 
We are sent out, standing in the light of our resurrected Christ, who has brought us back to life with himself. We don't stop there, because we, my friends, have a job to do. We live in the light of resurrection, but we live in a darkened world, waiting for Jesus' return and the restoration of all things. So, God calls us to go out and, as John Wimber used to say, do the stuff. Our gathered worship times inform us and cause us to go out and live whole lives of worship. We are now to go out and share the good news of the gospel, live lives of sacrifice for others just like Jesus would. Go forth and tell. O church of God, awake. God's saving news to all the nations take. Proclaim Christ Jesus, Savior, Lord, and King, that all the world his praise may sing. What an amazing image. But check out the second verse. Go forth and tell God's love embraces all. God's love embraces all. God's saving news to all the nations call. Proclaim Christ Jesus. No, I've done that bit. <laughs> how, how, shall they, well, how shall they call if they have never heard the gracious invitation of his word? Let's stand together. Let's sing that amazing hymn. And let's use them as words to say we are going to go out and do this stuff. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.